Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Hey everybody, well thank you so much for joining us today. It's such a privilege for us to be together again and thank you for allowing us into your home today. By the way, just want to say you're looking amazing. How do I know that, you ask? Well, I don't, but I just thought it would be a polite way to greet. I'm not seeing any of your pajamas or any of your home dress right now. All I'm seeing through the camera is your face. You look amazing. Hey, so have you often heard the saying like me? The saying is this, I'm going to die of boredom. My kids tell me this when they claim that they're bored and they're putting in a special request to watch TV. I've heard how they're going to die from boredom so many times. I'm sure you have too. But did you know that in scripture, there actually was a guy who died from boredom? Literally, the guy got bored to death. His boredom killed him. It's a crazy story. And that's where we are going to camp today for a few moments. But before we do, a quick recap for those of you who may be joining us. We're in a series at the moment, and it's called What to Do in the Through. The reason we're in this series is because we're in a kind of a through season at the moment. Life doesn't look like it did, but at the same time, we're not yet sure what it will look like on the other side. So last week, I told us the story of these Chilean miners and their leader, a man called Luis Erzua, of how this group of miners led themselves to remain calm and focused for 70 days underground in pitch darkness. We learned that what we must do in the through is learn to lead ourselves well. We lead ourselves through rhythms. We need rhythms to function well, don't we? All of us, we need rhythms. We also lead ourselves through principle and not emotion. We never make decisions based upon emotion. We always make them out of principle. And we lead ourselves through the story that we listen to. Negative stories, negative outlook. Positive stories, positive outlook. So remember, you can grab the service on our YouTube channel or on the Thrive app. If you're on YouTube, simply search for Thrive Church SA. Anyway, so back to the guy who died from boredom. Literally, he died from boredom. Here's the background quickly. The Apostle Paul was in Greece one time, and he was meeting with believers there. And because he was about to leave the town the following day and go on another voyage, he spent a longer time than normal with the believers there, and he was speaking to them. So they'd gathered in this upper room, and it had many, many lamps in it. And as the gathering continued until late in the evening, one of the people present there, a young man named Eutychus, he fell asleep, and he fell down from the third floor windowsill, because that's where he was sitting. He was sitting in the windowsill, fell asleep, fell three stories, and died. Here's the story in Acts chapter 20, verses 7 to 12. On the first day of the week, we gathered with local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. Paul was preaching to them, and since he was leaving the next day, he kept talking until midnight. The upstairs room where we met was lighted up with many flickering lamps, and as Paul spoke on and on, a young man named Eutychus, sitting on the windowsill, became very drowsy. Finally, he fell sound asleep and dropped three stories to his death below. Paul went down, bent over him, and took him into his arms. Don't worry, he said, he's alive. Then we all went back upstairs, shared in the Lord's Supper, and ate together. Paul continued talking to them until dawn, and then he left. Meanwhile, the young man was taken home alive and well, and everyone was greatly relieved. 
So this young guy, Eutychus, he sits in the windowsill. The window was probably a mere opening in the wall to let the light in because glass wasn't common at that time. So as the shutters of the window were not closed, there was nothing to prevent Eutychus from falling down. Paul went on a bit long, right? It was late. Maybe Eutychus had had a long day. He got bored. Anyway, whatever the reason, he fell asleep and fell out of the window three stories. Now, we can say, well, Paul went on too long. It was late. Eutychus had had a long day. All the excuses, some valid, some not. None of these issues were the real problem, though. The real problem was where he chose to sit. Eutychus chose to sit in the windowsill, on the outside, at the edge, on the fringe. I mean, you can't get more on the fringe than sitting in the windowsill, can you? The problem wasn't his tiredness. He didn't die because of his tiredness. It was his position. It was his posture. It was where he chose to sit on the windowsill. Here's the thought. Our position and our posture determine our path, our future. This guy literally died because he chose to sit and stay on the edge, on the fringes. He leaned back instead of leaning forward. You see, I can imagine many of the people in that room that night, most of the people, in fact, they would have been leaning in, crowding around Paul, eager to hear what he had to say. It was their last opportunity to hear Paul before he left. Who knows if they would ever see him again. And so they leaned forward, this posture of lean in. Eutychus, though, not so much. Sitting in the windowsill, leaning back instead of leaning in. Eutychus's problem is that he chose to lean back and it killed him. You know, sometimes and some seasons, we can lean back spiritually, sit on the edge of the action, sit on the windowsill and fall asleep. And if we're not careful, it can kill us spiritually. So what to do in the through? Well, lean forward spiritually, not back. Lean in, not out. Sit near the front, not in the windowsill. This season, guys, this year has been extraordinarily hard. No one can deny that. Let's not minimize that or dismiss it. Let's acknowledge it for what it is. But having said that, our response to challenge and difficulty is everything. It's not what happens to us in life that matters most. It's our response that really matters. Let me tell you a story to illustrate. In 1914, Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria was assassinated by a Bosnian Serb nationalist by the name of Gavrilo Princip. This plunged Austria into a conflict with Serbia, as you would expect. However, the crisis escalated because both Austria and Serbia had allies, other nations that supported each of them. For example, Germany supported Austria, Russia supported Serbia. And it was the response by these nations to each other that actually caused the First World War. It wasn't the assassination of the Archduke that caused the war. It was the response of nations to each other that caused the war. What's the point? Simply this, response is everything. And whether we lean forward or lean back is a matter of response. Today I want to define some realities that are important to our well-being. I want to tell us some truths, and some of them might not be easy to hear, but they're important. As your pastor, that's part of my job. So today I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to shoot really straight with us today. And I'd like to ask you to lean in, not out. Lean forward and not back. Come forward Don't sit in the windowsill. 
today, to a certain extent, I'm asking us to wake up so that we don't fall out of the window. And I'm asking us to respond well. Here are five truths for us to lean into today at this time. Firstly, I think the biggest danger to each of us at this time is that COVID can put us into a distance mentality, a mask mentality, a quarantine way of thinking where we go into our shells. We don't want to get out, do anything, see anyone. We just want to hibernate, go into our shells, try and wait for life to return to some normal. We lean back, stay on the edges. We don't engage anyone or anything. We're like snails gone into our shells, removed from other people, sitting on the windowsill socially. I want to say this to us today, that way of living will kill you, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. If you isolate yourself, life is going to suck. You need people. You can't isolate, hibernate, and expect to be okay mentally and emotionally. You won't be okay. You need to start opening up your life again. And if you think you don't need to, you're fooling yourself. Across our church, without exception, the people who are doing best in this season are those in community, in life groups, small groups. Let me say this to us. You are not too busy or too cool or too introverted, and you're not too okay or too anything. You need community. I need it badly. It doesn't matter if you're the Queen of England, Donald Trump, or the guy next door. You and I, we need people. What you need to do is to stop finding an excuse and just join a group. Hey, I found my wife Candace at a life group. Imagine I'd never taken that step. You know, life groups are full of people just like you needing other people. So WhatsApp the church number on the screen right now. We'll connect you to the right group. They're meeting virtually at the moment. You don't even need to leave your house. Just take the step and I guarantee it will be good for you. You and I, we need people. And if you do belong to a life group, make the effort, get to life group each week. Don't be lazy, don't make lame excuses. Be with your tribe. Truth number one today, we all need people. Life alone is horrible. Get yourself into a group, it'll bring life to you. You can check out all the groups that are available on our Thrive Church app or on our website. The second truth to lean into is this. Some of us are sitting on the windowsill spiritually and letting our spiritual life go to sleep. Not engaging with online church, not in a life group, not in a college course, not seeing anybody. You've taken social distancing and made it almost permanent hibernation and isolation. Almost like a bear going into a cave during winter. The problem is this. When you sleep in the window, you fall out of the window and then you die. Can I encourage you today? Wake up. Lean in. Get off the windowsill. Start fanning the flames of your spiritual life. Get onto church online every week and in the midweek. You need it. You can think you don't, but you do. And yes, I know we can say church online is not the same and it's different, but it's the church we've got at the moment. So go with what God's doing. Get over your preferences. Get online and let's be the church each week. You can survive each day without God's word, but you can't thrive without his word. You just can't. It's a law. You can't live with peace and contentment and joy without his word being a part of your life every day. We need God's word like air. We need it. I want to remind you, our Thrive app has some amazing devotional plans for your everyday time with Jesus. While we're on the topic of discipleship, if you're a parent, just a moment, let me speak to you, please, for a moment. 
your kids need God's word too. Your kids need you to disciple them. If you don't, who will? You can't outsource the spiritual growth of your kids. So sit with them. Watch Kids Zone online with them once a week. The curriculum is incredible. And let the content spark some spiritual conversations during the week. So let me summarize truth number two. Hey, don't sit on the windowsill spiritually. Don't allow yourself to fall asleep spiritually. Come closer. Lean in. Lean forward. Draw near. Come out of the winter cave. Engage. James 4 verse 8 reminds us to draw near to God and he will draw near to us. Can I encourage you to draw near at this time? The third truth to lean into is that if this season has taught us anything, it's that God is in control and we are not. I still see so, so many people desperately trying to hold onto some sort of control. Let's learn this lesson, start to accept it, and give up our control. Some of us, we just need to come to face to face with the fact that we are control freaks. We each need to accept the hard truth that we don't have control. The sooner we accept that, the healthier we will be emotionally. And speaking of control, I don't think there's any other area where this has hit home more than in the area of our finances, our money. We've had to come face to face with the hard truth that we are not in control. But hey, God is, and He can be trusted. He is our ultimate provider financially. And we are continuing to hear stories where God has done miraculous things financially for people. And guess what? These stories are all in families that tithe and give generously. The reason, of course, that they experience God's faithfulness is because they live by His principles. They're faithful. You know, we can't expect God's protection and promises if we don't live by His principles. It would be like me dropping an apple right now and praying that it doesn't hit the floor simply because I prayed. Well, I've ignored the law of gravity. We can't pray for God to bless us financially if we don't live by His principles financially. But you see, when we prioritize God's house and God's kingdom, life goes better for us. It just does. You can fight it, you can stay selfish, self-involved, worried, anxious about money, or you can decide to put Him first financially and put His principles to the test. Of course, guys, it's not only financially that we're not in control. This year has taught us that we can control very little, actually. We've learned that. So, so many things, hey, they are out of our control. The third truth to lean into today, He is in control. God is in control and we are not. We can fight it or we can surrender to it. He is in control and He can be trusted. The fourth truth to lean into is that we get to regulate our emotions. A lot of people are angry at the moment, disappointed, insecure, afraid, and for good reason. Hey, things have not turned out like we had hoped or expected. So let's process that emotion. Sit with it. Talk about it to your spouse, your friend, a pastor, a leader. Feel the emotion and ask the Holy Spirit into that space. Tell Him how you feel and ask Him to comfort you. That's who He is, the great comforter. And he wants to help you. But don't allow yourself the luxury of wallowing in that emotion. Don't become a martyr to that emotion. It will only poison your soul. And speaking of poisoning our soul, much of what drives our emotion is the news and social media. But guess what, guys? You get to choose what news and media you consume. If you choose to be on social media and mainstream media, you are choosing to consume bad news. So let's not get depressed and all bent out of shape with the news. If you choose that as your diet, 
That's what it is. Here's the reality. No one is interested in giving you good news because it doesn't sell. And people on social media are only interested about moaning about their pet peeves. So you and I, we get to choose whether we open that link or read that article or watch that nonsense video that someone sent us on WhatsApp. It's a free country. We can do as we choose. We can choose what to read, what we listen to. So apply some discipline to this and be careful about how much news you consume. It will be better for your soul. Truth number four is this. You can regulate your emotions. They don't have to rule you. I hope this is helping you. I hope this is just giving you some perspective at this time. The fifth and final truth to lean into is that the more we think about and serve others, the better our life will be. Jesus taught us that it is better to give than to receive. That's recorded in Acts 20.35. What he meant is that it is better for your life to give rather than to receive. Why? Because even though we can't explain it, the minute we start doing things for other people, we live with more joy and peace and contentment. We live knowing that we are never more like Jesus than when we give rather than just receive. That's why we do things like Compassion Week. I wanted to let you know on the 11th of July, you're invited to both of our campuses. Come and say hi to the staff team, get a party pack for your kids, do a drive through collect a cappuccino and a hot chocolate, and then take a box, collect a box, and fill it with groceries for the needy. And then on the 18th of July, one week later, on Mandela Day itself, bring that box back again, filled with groceries, drop it off with love so that we can bless and help people this winter. Also, on the 18th, you can come to both campuses and give blood in order to save lives. Many, many people need blood. And listen, we can literally save three lives for every person who donates blood. Also, for Compassion Week, you can enter our shine, virtual run, walk, waddle, whatever. Stay healthy at home by staying active. Enter the race, log your distance, and pay your entrance fee, and every cent goes to bless shine and our community. What an amazing winter we've got lined up. It all goes to illustrate truth number five. It is better to give than to receive. Life is better when we live beyond ourselves. You know, church, in John chapter 6, the well-known story of how Jesus feeds the 5,000 is told. One of the keys to the story is the little boy who leaned in and came forward with his lunch. It was his five loaves and two fish that got used for the miracle. It was because of his lean in and lean forward that Jesus could do incredible things. Imagine for a moment he had sat on the windowsill, just like the other young man that we read about in Acts 20 by the name of Eutychus. So here we've got a contrast of two young men. Two young men, each of them acted differently. One leaned back on the windowsill and died. The other leaned forward and Jesus used what he had powerfully. The power of leaning forward. I hope today you will lean forward into the truths we've been speaking about. Quick recap for us. Truth number one, you need people. I need people. It's time to come out of the winter cave of hibernation. Join a life group. Get some people of faith around you. Check out all the groups on our app or on the website. Or simply WhatsApp the number on the screen now. And we'll help you get connected to the perfect group for you. You need it more than you think you do. Truth number two, let's not sit on the windowsill spiritually. Let's lean in, let's lean forward, let's draw close to God. Eutychus first sat in the windowsill, then he slept, then he fell, then he died. Don't let that happen to you spiritually. 
Select a daily devotional plan on the app or on the website. Get onto church online every Sunday and Wednesday for midweek. Disciple your kids by playing the Kids Zone online services for them and talk to them about faith. Truth number three, God is in control and he can be trusted. So let's give up our desire for control and surrender to him. Truth number four, you can regulate your emotions. They don't have to rule you. And lastly, truth number five, it is better to give than it is to receive. Life is so much better when we live beyond ourselves. Compassion Week, which starts on the 11th of July, Saturday. It's a practical way for us to do just that. So church, what to do in the through? Let's lean in. Let's lean forward. Let's respond well. Let's not be windowsill people. Let's be people who lean in and lean forward. You know, our perfect example of this is Jesus. Jesus leaned in and leaned forward into the plan of God for his life. So much so that Jesus actually leaned into a horrific death on a cross. But he leaned into it because he loved us, because he was filled with purpose. He leaned into it because he knew that the cross was the culmination. It was the end point of the purpose of his life. He came to die for us. And so he leaned into that even though it cost him. I'm so glad that he did. I'm so glad that Jesus leaned in. And because he did, you and I can start and have a friendship with him, not only in this life, but forever into eternity. Jesus modeled what it was to lean in. And today, each of us, we have an opportunity to lean into the purposes of God. I've been speaking about the purposes of God and leaning in spiritually this entire message. But today, there's another opportunity, a special opportunity and a special invitation that I want to invite those of you who have never made a decision to lean in spiritually before. I want to invite you to lean into the life of Jesus. I want to invite you to lean into what it is that he did for you. He went to a cross, died for you, was raised on the third day, ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father. And Jesus Christ prays for you and for me right now. And in this moment, he is praying for you. He is praying that you would respond well, that you would lean into what it is that he's done for you. Today, I want to invite you, if you've never leaned in spiritually, to do so and to make a decision to follow Jesus. Jesus makes us better at life, sure, but Jesus actually makes us new. And throughout our lives, for the rest of our lives, he turns us into a new creation. He makes us new people. You can start a friendship with him today. You can begin a new story with him today. He can begin to write a new story on your life today. All it takes is one simple decision, one heartfelt, sincere, earnest decision to say yes to him. And so I'm going to pray for us. And as I pray, if this prayer resonates with you, as I close the prayer out, I'm going to ask you to respond digitally. Simply let us know that you made the decision. Come, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and for your love and for your grace. Jesus, thank you that you leaned into the purposes of God. Thank you that you went to the cross for me. Thank you that you died the death I should have died so that we could have a friendship with you, so that we could begin a friendship not only here on earth, but into eternity. Thank you so much for your love for us. Today, I want to make a decision to follow you. I want to invite my, 
uh, I want to open my heart to you and invite you into my life. I want to say yes to you. And in this moment, I ask that you would come in. I ask that the Holy Spirit would fill me and begin a new story with my life. I want to turn away from anything that's harmful and not helpful in my life. And I want to surrender my life to you in this moment. I ask you to write a new story in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, that was the earnest, sincere decision of your heart, we'd love for you to let us know. The reason we'd like to, you to let us know is so that we can celebrate with you. In fact, right now, people all over Thrive Church, all over our community, are celebrating you with you behind screens. You can simply let us know by WhatsApping the number on the screen right now, or if you're watching on our church online platform, click the raise hand on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. That'll just let us know that you made the decision. It'll also enable us to send you some helpful stuff just by text to get you started on your faith journey. We'd love to do that for you, and we'd love to serve you in that way. Church, for the rest of us, as we wrap up today, what to do in the through? Let's lean in. Let's lean forward. Let's not be windowsill people. Let's lean into all that God has for us in this season. May grace and peace be yours in abundance this coming week. God bless. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.